Welcome to the Harnessing Happiness podcast. Upbeat vibes generated and transferred to you. Now here's your host, Sarah J. Naylor. Hello and welcome to Harnessing Happiness with myself, Sarah J. Naylor. Thank you, as always, for stopping by and listening to my show, which is, of course, is sponsored by myself. So if you're interested in coaching speakers, podcast guests or a writer, you can get in touch and and find me by www. We don't really need to announce that bit anymore, do we? SarahJNaylor.com. Anyway, you can find me on socials. That wasn't too painful. Nah, it wasn't too painful. Anyway, I have got a fabulous guest with me today who I'm going to hand over to because as you all know my guests do a far better job of introducing themselves than I do so over to you Taz please do introduce yourself to my awesome listeners thank you very much Sarah that's one hell of a cop out I was expecting the let's get ready to rumble styly intro there so hi everybody I'm Taz Thornton I'm a coach I work with people in business on everything from their confidence personal brand to, to actually building a successful business and getting the money that they deserve from the people they want to work with, making a success of themselves and being happy doing it. When I'm not doing that, I'm working with individuals on spiritual empowerment. I run a 30-month and three-year spiritual empowerment program called The Big One and, inventively, The Bigger One with my wife, Asha. When I'm not doing that, I'm writing books, speaking on stages or teaching other people to speak on stages or appearing on awesome podcasts like this one. That's me in a nutshell. Yay! (laughs) And you do. I mean, crikey. I mean, we've. this is the first time that we've met and I've done some research and I was like, oh my gosh, you do so much. I mean, I thought I was a busy person and did loads of stuff. And I'm going, oh, maybe I need to up my game here. Because <laughs> you do so much. I mean, I, I, and I'm, and I'm genuinely really, really curious. Listeners, I've, I've, I've hopped onto LinkedIn, so I do know it sort of starts in sort of writing and marketing and PR. But do give me give you a backstory, and, enter, and I'm fascinated to know how you've got to where you are and what you do. And but I think it's great. I mean, personally, one of the things I'm really, really passionate about is getting people to align with their talents, passions, because you do live a happier life as a result, which you clearly do. And I have to say to the listeners, Taz has got bright pink hair, and she she's yeah, she's she's pink. <laughs> awesome love it i think happiness is so so important i think particularly when we're running our own businesses if we don't love what we're doing it's hard when we love what we're doing when we're genuinely aligned when we feel i call it my soul mission when you're when you're aligned to your soul mission and you find a way to monetize that and to serve the world whilst being richly rewarded for the for the service you're putting out there then the tough times feel easier to get through if you love roller coasters you don't mind queuing for them you know it's great when you just get straight on but you don't mind the queue. yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly exactly but it is it's so true you've got to love what you do and you've got to be real with it people can see through bs very very easily and I, I see so many people in the coaching field i was ranting about this on linkedin this morning and they're probably doing exactly what they've been told cardboard coaches they'll just tell you exact talk to you talk at you about everything they do and the qualifications they've got but there's no soul there you can't see any drive any passion any you can't feel it and you've got to be able to feel it you know so why anyway to get back to the question where did i start yes you've got journalism publishing I was UK director for what at the time was one of the world's biggest publishing companies. I used to run a full-service PR and digital media agency with my wife, Asha. I've been a 
local journalist, regional journalist, some, somewhere I've got a testimonial letter from, from The Sun, which always makes me giggle. They spelt my name wrong. I've done all kinds of stuff. I've written for magazines, newspapers, done radio, bit of TV, all sorts. But ultimately, that career was great for my ego, but it wasn't what I, what I needed to be doing. It was crushing for my soul. And if you go way, way, way back, part of my backstory is having been through a really abusive relationship, losing my identity, believing my only way out of that was out of planet Earth. So hatching this this plan to do suicide by accident. I didn't want to leave a, a, an obvious outage for my family, so I tried to take stupid risks and left left the house every morning thinking, I really don't want to come back here tonight. And that culminated in me breaking my back in three places in a car accident. I would like to be able to tell you it all turned around from there, but it didn't. Because, of course, then, well, I went back into my comfort zone, and my comfort zone was setting crazy goals at work and hitting them and progress, progress, progress. And then, even after I'd got out of that relationship, the... I mean, there were there were guns involved. There were death threats. It was it was really bad. I had to, I had to go into hiding for a while. But even when I got out of that, I recognised that I hadn't dealt with any of it, and it came back to bite me in, in the backside. And, and then another attempt to escape came when, on paper, I should have been happy. I'd I'd met my now wife. We were happy. I was about to move to another part of the world for a new job. Everything was working out. But I just had this moment where I realised with absolute clarity that all of the struggles being faced by everyone I loved had me as the common denominator. So I had this real chilling moment of, you just need to eliminate yourself then. Whoa. Oh, my gosh. And I got interrupted. Um, my then best mate always switched her phone off at 9 o'clock at night, always. So I fired a text. It, that's, that dates it. It was a text. It wasn't a WhatsApp. We didn't have Facebook. It was a text. And I still remember what it said. It said, had enough, catch you on the flip side. And I thought she'd find that the next day. That would be as good as a, a, a note. She'd know it was my fault. And, but that one night she hadn't gone to bed and hadn't switched her phone off. And because we were both local journalists, she was sending me messages. And I was still trying to execute my plan and ignore them. Until one of these messages said, if you don't call me back right now, I'm going to get in touch with the, with the police that we know locally and they will be knocking at your front door before you've managed to do anything and you're just going to look really stupid and your parents will know. And that was enough to jolt me out of it. And it's one of the things I sometimes talk about now, depending on the kind of, depending on the topic of the talk I'm giving to people, particularly, I mean, we, I don't know how, what the lead time is on this going out there, but when this has been recorded, we've just gone past World Mental Health Day. And it's one of the things I talk about a lot with whatever urges you're getting to sit with them and they always pass. That one, it felt like somebody else had taken over my body. It was such chilling clarity. It was bizarre. I hadn't been planning anything. Everything was happy. But just, ooh, okay, do this. Plan, unfold straight away. And I'm really, really keen to tell people now to really stress that if ever you've been through challenging times... There are, there's always different ways to look at it and I hear so many people saying well the urge to get out of life keeps coming back so I need to just do it the other side of looking at that is but the urge to get out of life keeps passing so we need to recognise that what happens our brains create neural pathways so even now I've do, I still do a lot of work to go in and put in roadblocks when that neural pathway starts to kick in but what I want everybody to recognise is no matter how deep the depths have been of your low mood or low energy when we go through challenging times, our brain very quickly learns how to go through that process. It creates a neural pathway. It's like an information superhighway. So just as when you first learned to drive, you were thinking a, a mirror signal. Uh, what, what's next? Is it manoeuvre? I've got my seatbelt up. 
Now we do it like that. And it's exactly the same. I can hit a bump in the road now and very quickly go to, ooh, how am I going to die? And I don't mean it. I don't want it. It's just my brain going, oh, right, so you're trying to get to here. And it will quickly get to that result. And we just need to recognise that if the thoughts keep coming, it doesn't mean we are still in that place. It means our brain has learned to bypass all the months and months and months of hardship and challenges and take us very quickly from A to what it perceives to be B. So, please, we've, I don't, this is a bit of a tangent, folks, but if you keep hitting bumps in the road and you, you keep going to scary places, please remember, it's just the way your brain works. It doesn't mean you need to act on it. Breathe through it, wait, it will pass. It will keep passing. And the longer it passes, the longer the gaps happen. So we just need to keep going. Exactly, but I think you've made a, you've made a good point, though, there, as, in, as well as it's that, it's that recognition because actually once you've anchored that recognition and once you know it and you accept it and you, you know that that is, that's happened, but you know, categorically, you go through it, like you say, and the, the more you do it, the more you practice it. But I mean, to get to that point, and I, I have a mantra that I believe everything's working out wonderfully in terms of all the lessons that we have, everything that's presented, there is always an opportunity to learn. I always like to flip that perspective personally. I, I, you know, it's that acceptance of what you can and you can't change, shifting your perspective and channeling your energy in a direction that makes you feel good. And actually, when you look at things, from a, cause I mean, I could look at my own life and go, holy moly, <laughs> this is there's aspects of it that, you know, I, I mean, I love my life. But if I actually reframed it to the negative, I could I could send myself into a spiral of despair. <laughs> but I don't. I just go, I know it's going to be fine. We're so on that same page. One of my hashtags is flip your negatives. You know, when we look at our backstories, instead of going, oh, why did this happen to me? It's so awful. Why have you forsaken me? Flip it into, okay, why did this happen for me? How did I grow from this? What can I learn from this? How can I use my experiences to help, support, inspire, motivate other people? I mean, if I look at all that time, those times back then, what if I went through all of those so that I could relate to people more and actually be able to help them get out of tough times? Years ago, I ran a series of, of, of workshops with someone with, with the charity Mind who was talking about doing some work with them. I was doing some work with local authorities. And they asked me if I could recreate or rework some of my Unleash Your Awesome Empowerment seminars to work for people who'd been through abuse. Because what they could do is they could put them into the system, they could get them into a safe house, they could put them on a waiting list for counselling, but they felt they weren't doing enough. There was nothing to give them the confidence to get back out there. And I remember in the first one, all of these people filed in and I sat there at the front and you can feel that vibe, can't you, sometimes? They'd all got their arms folded and I could kind of feel them go, Yes, there's the defensive negative, what's she going to do for me? What's she going to do for me? What does she know? I thought, I need to start telling my story. And they don't know how to get out of it. They don't know they're in it. I've been in it. We've all, we are born into victim, victim mode. We're conditioned to victim mode. And until somebody explains to us what the opposite of that is and how we spot it, and effectively, if we are in a situation where we're getting secondary gain from any state that's perceived to be negative, we're, we're in a victim state. There's loads of spiritual teachers with the path I teach on that. But when I started to tell my story, gradually their arms unfolded. And there was one lady in that room, I remember, she'd been through the most appalling abuse. She'd been kept locked, let's just say, in the smallest room of the house. She'd been drugged, given uppers and downers, according to whether someone was in the house or whether they wanted her to clean. And by the time she finally escaped, she'd got severe claustrophobia. 
She lost her kids because she was clinically addicted to the drugs. Her confidence was gone. Her teeth had rotted away. And she had to get someone to drop her right out the door so that she could literally get out of the car and into the room. I'll always remember it that by lunchtime, she walked into town to get a sandwich. And you and I would take that for granted. But here's someone with who was severely agoraphobic. And after just a morning of listening and talking and doing some of the challenges and the activities I was setting them, she was able to walk and get a sandwich. And on the back of that, she went back to school. She got qualifications she had her teeth fixed she got her kids back and she got remarried but i say that because it's it's such a perfect example of recognizing that things in our past don't have to dictate who we are in the future we can they can inform our future we can take tools from them and we can use them to serve instead of sitting in that label i'm really big on saying that i will never use the word domestic abuse victim i will never use the word the word even survivor we think that's such a powerful term, but if we identify as a domestic abuse survivor, what else do we ever apply that to? Cancer. Cancer survivor. Domestic abuse survivor. If we identify as that, it holds us in that energy. And what else have we survived? Have we ever had deli belly? Ever had flu? Ever had COVID? Do you call yourself a COVID survivor? Do you call yourself a common cold survivor? No, because it would keep you there. So it happened. Learn from it use it but don't identify as that tiny part of your life in the scheme of things yeah because that's what happens isn't it that this is where the victim mode kicks in because people get familiar with getting attention based on the victim mode and actually when they've labeled themselves as that and they keep on keeping as you say in that energy that label then defines them and they they become the label and it's not serving anybody least of all them you know it's about as you say clicking out of that reframing it and stepping out of it taking the learning moving on it might sound easy and it's not easy it's about a consistent approach it's about believing yourself and I I completely understand when somebody has uh, messed with your mindset so much because my ex-husband I discovered was a narcissist and it took me six years to unpick how he wrong-footed me I could never do right for doing wrong and I didn't know I didn't know the life I was leading I mean he wasn't physically abusive but he was mentally abusive because I didn't know I'd been maneuvered away from you know family and friends if I did speak to my mum I'd get you know a face pulled at me it could be there could be an old nature you know why you have to why are you bending down like that why are you wearing this what are you doing you would tread on eggshells you didn't know how he would respond but until we take ownership and it was that we can't change it until we accept our part in that and go you know that wasn't fair what happened there but i have to accept my role in that i chose to be in that relationship i chose to stay in that relationship that relationship was the result of all the decisions i made at that time so i need to own that instead of going somebody else did this to me and it's not about victim blaming it really isn't it's about taking ownership of your life because we can't change it if we don't. Totally. It's about taking responsibility for the self. And I recognised that because of how how it had been, I'd allowed it to happen. And I say, I, like you said, I took ownership. And when I left, you know, and I've done nothing but evolve and progress and, you know, invest in myself. And I really, this is something I bang on about, and I'm sure you do as well, is getting people to understand that investment in the self isn't selfish. It's, it's, a, it's self-care. It's about looking for, after yourself. If you don't do the work on yourself, the inner work, as well as the outer work, because, I mean, it's like I went for a run this morning, you know. God, it was hard work. <laughs> I enjoyed it and I felt better after it because yes you can do the physical work but doing the inner work the inner work is is so powerful because you you get to that place like we've you've already stated that you know you, you can have all these things knock you know these challenges these things that are perceived challenges this things that come your way but you you deal with them because you see them and experience them in a different way and as you say those neural pathways are connected so you shortcut so much stuff anyway 
and you just go like you know you don't procrastinate you make decisions you kind of you just go with it and go right well okay this hasn't happened at that point for this reason and we make it sound so easy don't we because we've been through it let's look at that word responsibility i mean as well as all the kind of left brain nlp and and coaching and a bit of hypnosis and all that stuff i spent 10 years learning from shamans and medicine people the traditional soul doctoring skills and, and I remember one of my medicine teachers saying to me, no, or I can rant about that. So here's one of the misnomers. If I had 50p for every time I mentioned shamanism and somebody said, oh, what do you take then? Well, you know, when I've had a bad back after a break, I've had some cocodamol, sometimes pop an aspirin. If you look at the global shamanic map, as anthropologists see it, which is different too, because most of it was animistic, but that's another discussion for another day. But if we look at the global shamanic map, the amount of people using the psychoactive psychedelic plants, peyote, um, ayahuasca, over here, shrooms, they are a tiny, tiny part of a tiny, tiny ceremony practised by a tiny part of the global shamanic community. You do not... And, and there, there's, there's two branches. The majority of people who did any shamanic work indigenously did not take anything. They used rhythm, breath work, drum beats, movement, all kinds of things to access an altered state. And that's not to say that there's anything wrong with plant spirit medicine, but too many people hear shamanism and think they've got to go and take something to create a... a a psychoactive effect and then vomit into a bucket and all be well with the world you don't need to do that and it's never no, the I mean, it's, it, no you're right i mean it's no it's more to that in fact you've just triggered a memory with me with you talking about the shamanic stuff i was at a mind body spirit event in london to, oh, i don't know about oh, i don't know how many several years ago back in 2000 actually 2011 it was and i do know when it was 2011 and there was somebody giving um, access or consciousness. You've probably come across it. And they were doing sample, 10 minutes sort of sample of access or consciousness. And so I thought, oh, I'll have a go at that. Give that a try. And whilst I was having this sort of cranial sort of manipulation, I couldn't see him. But there was a guy on the stage doing shamanic drumming. And it was just the most incredible, powerful experience. And all I'd got was sort of violet purples coming up out of my head. And, and, and two weeks later, having walked past coaching stands at that event, suddenly I decided I was going to be a coach, did some research, found it, and I jumped on and, and I'd enrolled. And then a year later, I qualified as a coach myself. As you say, it's, it's powerful stuff. One quick extra touch on ayahuasca for anyone here who's listening and is really called to that. Please, please, please be careful who you are working with because there is a difference between someone who has learned how to make the tea and someone who has learned traditional soul doctoring and knows how to put you back together again if needed. So please, word of warning on that. Anyway, what I was going to say, I always remember that one of my medicine teachers said, looking at that word, responsibility... We all have the ability to respond appropriately to any given situation. Response. Ability. That was a big way round to that, but we got there. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm sorry. I do have Ronnie Corbett moments. I, I, should, have, I should have warned you. <laughs> it's all good. It's all good. <laughs> but yeah, it, I like that. Response. Ability. And choices. Choice is another big thing, isn't it? We can choose how we respond. So you've been on a, a real journey and I guess that kind of took you down a lot of the spiritual route as well then? Yeah, I mean, I, I was one of those weird kids who was seeing and sensing things other kids weren't at a, from a small, tiny, tiny knee-high to a grasshopper and then eventually decided to go and do something with it and, and use it properly. So, yeah, I spent a long time, did other Reiki thing, Reiki master, I've, I've done some spiritual media, mediumistic training as well, but... 
the shamanic and animistic path for me is, is feels most like home and they wouldn't have been the words that that we use here of course we would have different different names but until we find those that's the closest one that fits and it pulls into a lot of those 30 month and three year programs that that i run they kind of blend coaching extreme empowerment because i do fire walking and glass walking and stuff like that as well so it blends all of that and it all ties in so if we're working with the element of fire okay now let's learn to respect it let's learn to connect with those energies now let's go and walk over it and not burn you know it all ties in and then on the three-year program it's for people who've already done the 30 months at least once because some people are coming back into it for their own eighth ninth year now you get something different every time you walk the wheel in the three year we we teach people healing techniques as well and how to use again traditional soul doctrine to put people back together from the inside out starting with themselves take out the bits that we shouldn't have that don't belong to us reinstall the bits that we've dropped along the way make sure we're all balanced make sure we're all whole it's a good path it's a good life and everybody's happy yeah it's powerful stuff isn't it such powerful stuff and once you get onto that journey i mean i'd really encourage oh gosh I have so many conversations and I'm sure you do and have done with people that they get into that mode of they, they, they really need to have the coaching, they need to kickstart it, but then there's always an excuse. So they actually need the coaching to get through that barrier to actually invest in themselves because, I, you know, I can see people and I know, oh, well, I've got to do this and I need to do that first. But for me, it's just I've just signed up for some more stuff and, I've, and I just think, I know it's moving me forward. It's constantly moving me forward. And once you get onto it, once you actually take that first step, the the, the, the process is, it, you, you just don't want to stop moving. You just keep on, it's that level of enlightenment, moving forward, the wisdom. You just, you see things in a different way. You experience the world completely differently. And it's, yeah, it's so empowering, isn't it? And that sounds absolutely fascinating. It's- yeah, I don't think any of us ever actually get to enlightenment. In fact, I did a fascinating exercise with, with one of our groups a few years back. So we got I got all the people on this programme to, to line themselves up and then between themselves to put themselves into order of enlightenment. What's really funny here, guys, I know you can't see this when you're, when you're listening, but my screen is getting whiter and whiter and whiter where the sun's just gone past. I'm going into enlightenment. <laughs> <laughs> I got them to order themselves into in in order in order of how spiritually evolved they were and how and like and they spent ages doing it before they realised that everybody's equal, they're all of the same level, and they were playing into ego by even trying to do that. It's it, it's a funny game, you know. And again, another. And I also remember one of my medicine teachers saying to me as well that when someone believes that they've learned all there is to learn, they cease being able to learn. So we we got to watch that one. No, exactly. When I did the training, I was with my ex-partner and we we did quite a lot of, sort of personal development together and he'd got to a point and said, oh, I, I think I've done enough now. I'm, I'm fine with where I'm at. That was kind of the start at the end of that relationship. I didn't sense things in the way that you did, but my 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 family my dad's side particularly um there was certainly a spirituality that my dad's sister I was always gravitating towards her bookshelf because she had things like chariots of the gods and Doris Stokes and she had um you name it all these books to do with the tarot and runes and astrology and quantum physics all these books I was as a child was always gravitating to her bookshelf but during the war their house next door to them was bombed um, and somebody died. And following that, they would see books rising on the halfway landing. And there was a dresser that crashed. They'd hear the toilet flush. They would hear people coughing. And then once it was rebuilt, it stopped. But, you know, I grew up with the sort of all this sort of understanding and knowledge. So it's, and I've, as I've learned personally, 
you know, it's not, no, it's not what I've learned. It's what I've, un, it's what I've released because it's all within me. And it's, it's the stuff that I've read. I've gone, oh, that's why I feel like that. And that's why I'm, you know, it's, it's that sort of recognition. It's what I've brought with me. You know, you have to unlock because it's all within us, isn't it? Yeah, when you start to access it and you express it and you become yourself, this is what you started out talking about, empowering people to to be themselves. And that's what, you know, I've kind of done from a different angle and what I do from a different angle because I see it with people in their careers because of my background in recruitment. And you see people and, and, and illnesses that come about because people are so out of alignment with what they're doing in their lives and so manifest physical ailments. Another one of those words, this is... And it's, it's the same with anything. It pulls through to anywhere. So, you know, a lot of the work I do with, with people in business, I, I end up coaching a lot of other coaches, not, not just coaches, but a lot of coaches come to me for help and trainers and speakers people in the service-led industry and you know if somebody's only interested in in the money and they've got no soul connection i i I don't want to coach them because they're built they're trying to build castles on cardboard foundations until you get to the truth of who you are and you get yourself to a solid base that's when people will believe in your message that's when people will rally to your banner that's when people will feel something when you're talking to them they'll they'll tap into you your authenticity without you having to tell them that you are authentic which of course always rings bells uh, rings little alarms and you know who look at me i'm authentic don't tell me show me but all of this stuff that that people have for so long dismissed as woo if you think about it only a few years back people would have said meditation was woo or hypnosis was woo or telling your story was woo i don't believe there's any such thing as woo there's just stuff that the left brainers haven't quite got their heads around yet and one of the things I love about exactly, and they act, although they see it in a different way, yeah, and that's, they see the that's same cool. stuff but in a different way, don't totally. you think? Yes, it's like when people say to me, "Well, how can you? How do you go and work in work, work in corporates?" Well, I'm talking exactly the same message, but I'll just use slightly different language. It's still the same thing, you know. I might replace spirit with energy, you know. That's that's all. And a few years ago, if we talked about energy, people would go, "What?" In fact, that, that's one of my hashtags, because when I first started being more open about some of the more energy-based work I do, this old, this flaky old dude sidled up to me and went, that's a load of old hippie shit, isn't it? And I said, yes, it is. Thank you very much. I'm going to take that as a hashtag. And you know, when I first started using it, I got loads of spiritual people messaging me saying, you need to stop doing that. It's putting us back years. It's damaging to the cause. You need to stop it. Because it wasn't. What it was doing is people who had identified as being more left brain, because I was being so blooming grounded with it they were going what is this then tell me a bit more and it was opening them up if you look at my 13 month program now if somebody would look at that and assume it's just going to be full of crystal hair healers and aromatherapists and people who pull an angel card every morning before they can get out of bed i've got scientists i've got somebody from britain which every branch of the special forces of, of the armed forces including the special forces i've got former head teachers it's you, you wouldn't believe it. None of them fit the demograph. And yet they keep coming back. This stuff is real. This stuff is the most powerful set of teachings I've ever found, even through all the left brain stuff. And in fact, so many of the tools I've learned through more of the left brain personal and business development all go back there. You know, when people talk about NLP timeline therapy, well, that's essentially just a, just a version of journey work, isn't it? And when you think about, you know, IEMT, it all goes back there. When people talk about movement medicine and you know cbt it all comes back to the stuff these these old old indigenous medicine people earth wisdom practitioners knew that we've just 
trounced all over for years and then pulled it out of our armpits, repackaged it and gone, oh, I've invented something new. No, you haven't. You've just found a way to, pop, to make it shiny and put a bigger price tag on it. No, absolutely. I mean, the thing is, it's been around for millennia. And as you said, unfortunately, um, it's been stamped all over. I think... I, I, Without going into too much of a rant about religion, I think that's sort of done a lot of damage because people didn't like, you know, women's wisdom and, uh, you know, plants. And Well, if you look at the suggested etymology of the rudest, most taboo swear word we have that begins with C and rhymes with hunt, there's a theory that that originally meant wise woman or warrior woman. And then eventually that was, you know, when there was the, the coming of of the people who wanted to change it was turned into a negative word and even if we look at that meaning a particular part of our anatomy why would that be a bad word that's where life comes from we'd all be a bit screwed without one of them wouldn't we (laughs) we would indeed but do you know what i think it's because women have got so much inner power that i just do you know what i find it really this is such an interesting subject i mean obviously we've got all the genders in between but effectively if we're just sort of talking male female i mean obviously we've got all just by sort of you know what I mean? You know, I'm for embracing everybody. I mean, I just don't understand from within my human brain. I don't understand why people feel that they have to attack other people for being different when effectively, you know, we've we've got, we've, you know, for procreation purposes, you know, you've kind of got two two sets and that's how it all sort of evolved. So why would one trash the other? Because without you, without the other, you can't. Ha- you just, what? It's about accepting people for who they are, whatever you made up. Fear, power and conditioning. But also I understand And the conditioning comes right back to fear and power. And it's mad. But then there's also the learning, isn't there? There's that other concept of it. These people behave that way because then you've got the opportunity to learn from them and evolve. So they're actually presenting in a way that, as a teacher, but that's going quite deep and quite... That makes it difficult to understand. Yeah, we need to to choose to learn to evolve from it, though, instead of following patterns. So you know, uh, I remember when when we were at school, we were. Pro- I'm guessing you were the same as me. You were taught that the, the Romans were these this, these wonderful beings who saved us from savagery, and and then the Victorians came in and they repeated everything that was Roman behaviour. And even now, we have people. Oh yes, the Romans. No. They were the ones who suddenly started taking our ways away and controlling us and squashing us down. So let's just scratch the surface a little bit and actually evolve instead of keep repeating the same patterns or whatever that pattern is. If you're in that pattern, well, how's that working for you so far, love? You know, we've got to change it and break it at some point. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. And the thing is, it's, you know, you've got to be aware, you've got to be mindful that what's being chucked out on the news and by people is what they want you to hear. So it's what, so you, you've got to understand, you've got to listen instinctively and intuitively to yourself and what feels right. And to understand that that, that chatter brain that's trying to destroy stuff isn't the one that's supporting you. It's tuning in and it's feeling categorically that that is Yes, that's the right decision. I, I mean, I've edited out, and I'm sure you have as well. I don't get that sort of procrastination or chatter in my head at all. You just go, yep, yeah, no, I'm going to do it. But there's no, there's no sort of dialogue anymore. I'm just like... I think the chatter always happens, but it's learning which bits to turn the volume down on. Because I think for anyone listening to this, let's just try something. Just say, set an alarm for five seconds, and for five seconds, close your eyes and don't think of anything. 
what did you think about? So it's pretty much impossible to get to that point of nothing. Because even I've got there once and then I thought, I've done it. And of course that ruined it. We need to stop trying to get to the point where we access nothing and instead get to the point where we learn to have a little bit bit more control over our thoughts and recognise which ones we need to grab and examine and which ones we can just let go. Like cars going past your house. If you're in a house or an office that has a road nearby, you get used to the sound of cars. But every time a car goes past, you don't go, oh, what was that? Was, was that a Ford or a Ferrari? And was it green or was it red? And what size tyres were? Oh, I wonder what size the engine was. Was that diesel, petrol or was it hybrid? Well, we don't do that. We just accept there was a car and let it go. And if we can learn to do that with our thoughts and just learn to grab the important ones, that's it. It's not about getting to nothing. It's about getting to the point of more control and more understanding of the way in which our psyche works. Yeah, because we're not our behaviour. No, there's an inner world and an outer world, and we need to balance the two. But, yeah, I mean, it's just... I mean, as, as you've already said, you know, people just, you know, do that inner work, find opportunities and connect, but it's got to feel right. You've got to connect with somebody that feels right, not somebody like you've said, it's banging on about... Come and work with me because I can make you millions and da 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 da. And never hire somebody based purely on price. Don't do that. If you if you genuinely believe right now you can't afford the person that you want to work with, then talk to them. See if there's a way to create a, something bespoke, or set your intention instead of saying I can't afford it. Say how am I going to create the money for that? How am I going to make that possible? And do that. I see so many people who have a bad taste in their mouths around coaching because they've hired a new cheap coach and got a cheap service and it might not necessarily because they're bad but they're just very very green and they've not practiced enough yet so exactly exactly and there's an awful lot of coaches out there that sadly aren't actually qualified coaches unfortunately um and i would say that actually some of the best coaches i've met don't have a coaching qualification and some of the worst coaches I've met have a coaching qualification. So I don't think it's as easy as that either. Well, so many skills are transferable, aren't they? Depending on what someone's done before, they might already have learned coaching skills, but outside of a certification zone. I say, because when I did my coaching qualification, it has to be said that there was a lot of stuff. I go, oh, well, that's interesting. <laughs> that's what I do already. You know, it's, it's, it's automatic. If you look at all my qualifications, there's only one tiny one that has the word coach on them. We've got a mentor, we've got an LP practitioner, things like that. Exactly, but those are all the qualifications that you've got that back up all the stuff that you've done and all the knowledge that you've got. But as you say, you don't necessarily need that qualification, but I think the ones that I'm kind of referring to are the ones that have just suddenly gone onto a course and been told to do this and then like you were just saying and that that's the sort of person that's bought a twenty quid certificate off Facebook. Yes, that's what I'm referring yeah. to. <laughs> and their intentions might be great. They might have the best intentions, but there is a very low bar to entry. Anyone can say they're a coach. So I think the other thing as well is if you're looking for a coach, don't go just to the people they tell you to speak to. You and I will both know there are coaches out there who are horribly manipulative who will see what they think a person should be and manipulate and mould that person to become the, the image they want to see them in, not what is going to suit that person. And that kind of coach always comes with a team of brainwashed, enthralled acolytes who will tell you they are wonderful. So you've got to scratch the surface and you've got to speak to people who are not just the people they suggest because they'll always give you the ones... You know, I'll sometimes say, go and have a look through my testimonials and, and pick someone. I tend to, when I'm doing a testimonial, I'll link through to that person's LinkedIn profile so somebody can just go and talk to them without me even being in the picture. Be as open as you can and be prepared to 
go with your gut and speak to people who know them people who are still working with them people who used to work with them why did that not work out why they're not working with them anymore get the full picture and and really make sure you've done your research first because it's easy to get burned which is true in all things that you do isn't it in, in all honesty but you know getting the right coach is is so so important so empowering and it can change your life it can really change your life and it can really move you forward and propel you forward and you can be yourself and live your best life and you can carry on learning and evolving from there. Yeah, thank you, thank you, thank you. And how do people get in touch with you, Taz? I mean, obviously, I, I imagine all they've got to do is put Taz and they'll find you on the internet, but <laughs> how do they find you generally? Put Taz Thornton into Google and you'll find me. Yeah, I'm on tazthornton.com, pretty much every social media platform, not on Snapchat, you'll find me, but I won't answer anything there because, you know, snapchat um instagram facebook youtube clubhouse linkedin you'll find me type type in taz thornton and you'll find me right here but you'll have to pin her down because she's very busy (laughs) i am indeed just the way i like it which is a great place to be oh it's been brilliant thank you thank you so much and thank you all for listening i hope you've thoroughly enjoyed this episode as much as i've enjoyed it it's been an absolute blast so much insight and wisdom to be shared so if you've enjoyed it as i say rate review subscribe do whatever it is you do on your platform do share as well and obviously you can get a hold of Taz and if you want to get a hold of me I'm over at sarahjnaylor.com and on social media as well you'll find me thank you so much and until next time cheery bye and have a great rest of the day week, month, year whatever it is you're doing take care and lots of love from me thanks for listening to the Harnessing Happiness podcast with Sarah J Naylor if you took value from the content please follow the show on your podcast app and to find out more about Sarah's ape mindset visit sarahjnaylor.com That's sarahjnaylor.com.